There are a good many ways that institutional investors are taking best advantage of this versatile market created by broad public participation. Hi everyone and welcome to the Decrypting Crypto Podcast. I'm Matthew Housebarby and today I'm speaking with the team at Genopets. If you listen to our episode on Steppin back in March, you're probably familiar with the term move to earn. It's uh, it's, a, it's like a subset of play and earn gaming and it's been getting a lot of traction. And put simply, you know, these, these kind of game fire, these web three games, they center around you doing physical activity in the real world uh, in exchange for crypto-based rewards and for advancing within the games themselves. I think that Steppin has arguably been the category creator here. Um, it now boasts over 300,000 daily active users, so it's certainly the biggest by, uh, by player base. But there are a lot of new projects entering the space that are building on top of this model. Genopets is one of them. And I think it's probably unfair to say they're new to the space because project's been in the work for several years and has been the kind of culmination of a few different tests at taking health data and personal exercise data, things like that, on-chain. And they've, they've turned a lot of these early projects into a really interesting gameplay experience that's about to launch. So what I, what I love here about it is how they... They actually kind of blend together the nostalgia of a Tamagotchi game with a physical activity game element within it. And if you have no idea what a Tamagotchi is, well, you obviously didn't grow up and enjoy the 90s. Um, so actual gameplay to one side. I think that the Genopets tokenomics are very interesting. They have both a <clears throat> free-to-play element where you, you don't need to go through the the more what I would call a typical uh, play and earn path, which is purchasing an in-game asset to be able to play. They have a completely free-to-play element where you end up actually still being able to own an NFT and you can accrue value to that NFT and eventually sell it through gameplay, but there's no payment into it. However, there is also an additional path where you can buy up in-game assets, things like, and you, we'll, we'll talk about this with the teams, things like habitats and other NFT assets that play an important role in the gameplay itself. I've personally been playing in the, the early beta that they've launched, very limited features right now, but I've been really enjoying it. I think its launch date is somewhere in the Q3 region of this year. Um, and I think if, if you've actually listened to some of the recent episodes where we've been speaking to more GameFi teams like the Step In one, we had uh, Krabada most recently. I think this one's going to be a really popular episode, especially if you if you like that whole space. And in the interview, I talked with Albert Chen, who's the co-founder and CEO of Genopets, as well as Kevin Kim, who's the COO. So we get a lot of we, we dig into lots of different areas, and in particular, all of the different aspects of the gameplay, the game economy, and just generally what to expect from the future of this very interesting and I think very innovative project in the space. So we'll jump straight into the interview right after this. 
If you're struggling to get your head around the complexity of decentralized finance, I've something just for you. Decrypting DeFi is an online course where I walk you through all of the important concepts within DeFi and share step-by-step -step tutorials on how to start generating income from your crypto assets. Whether you're interested in this from an investment point of view, or just want to better understand how things like yield farming, liquidity mining, and staking works, the course will have something for you. Head over to mhb.xyz forward slash DeFi to learn more. Albert, Kevin, welcome to the Decrypting Crypto Podcast. Um, great to have you both on the show. Ginopets, really exciting project. I'm really excited to start diving in. Why don't why don't one of you give a start us off basically with a very high level explainer of what uh, Ginopets is and I guess what sparked the idea to to create it in the first place. Yeah, absolutely. Um, first, thanks for having us on, Matt, uh, to speak about our project. Um, we're really excited to, to get your audience more informed about the game that we're building. And Genopets, um, it's the free-to-play, move-to-earn fitness game uh, that we're building, and it aims to make it fun and rewarding to live an active lifestyle. Uh, the app integrates your daily activity in real life with blockchain-based virtual economics so that you can translate your, uh, your physical activity in the quote-unquote real world into gameplay and earning potential within the game. And uh, you know, for those who might not be familiar with us, it all starts with the GenoPet itself, which is an NFT virtual pet that players will be able to mint for free. Um, it's a kind of digital spirit animal one that's meant to serve as an avatar-like representation of the time and effort that you've put into pursuing that active lifestyle. And you can kind of think of it like a Tamagotchi uh, if you've ever played those back in the day, but instead of grinding actions on a screen, uh, you level it up by moving and by being more active. And the first way we've done that is by integrating step counting so that when a player walks, the number of steps that they take are tracked by the fitness tracking app on their phone. And then the step data is ported into the game uh, as energy and, and as fuel for the pet to grow and to mature. And so what you end up with is a game that directly incentivizes people to pursue an active lifestyle, to proactively take better care of themselves as the core mechanic of the game. Um, and you know, as the players move and their pet begins to accrue strength and value, um, they'll discover that there are even more opportunities to play as well as earn within the game. Um, the most direct way to achieve this would be by purchasing a habitat for the Geno pet which unlocks the ability to convert some of those steps they're, interest, uh, they're taking into in-game reward tokens. But that's really just the tip of the iceberg. Um, you know, I'm not one of the, the co-founders for this project, but when I was pitched this idea, I was so blown away. Uh, I actually left my last career to join. And I, I want to punt to Albert here because he's been there since day zero. And I love making him share the uh, the origin story behind what led to this uh, this crazy game idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, so great to be here, Matthew. Uh, yeah. So we, we've been working on GenoPets for uh, the idea of it for a few years now. Um, initially, my co-founder, Ben, and I had another project in 2018 uh, called GenoS. And what it was supposed to be was a decentralized health data marketplace. Um, we wanted to use uh, blockchain technology, especially NFTs, um, to control access rights to, to, to health data and allow people to monetize them. So the earning aspect of it was always there. But very soon we realized that um, 
the infrastructure for that kind of uh, technology doesn't exist yet. And uh, my co-founder, Ben, uh, was the creative type, and we've always been really into gaming, RPGs, and he came up with the idea of how about just wrap all your health data inside of a pet, um, and that you that grows with you. So this is an NFT that you know lives and breathes, and it's uh, the the more you take care of yourself, the more you take care of your pet. Um, we thought that was a cool idea at the time, but in 2019, um, NFTs were weren't that big yet, and we just didn't get much traction for it. And fast forward to 2021, um, I think one of the biggest turning points was I, I saw Zed Run, uh, which is like a horse racing game on, on Ethereum um, in January of last year, 2021. And I went to Ben and said, hey, I think you know the market is ready for um, what we were vis- <laughs> envisioning. And uh, yeah, and then that's when we started on this whole journey and uh, the rest is you know, history. <laughs> I, I really like the the origin story there, and it feels like move to earn in particular, and uh, the is is one of the I guess subsets of the wider kind of gamefi space right now that feels like it's already with some projects in the space starting to gain big traction, um, starting to onboard kind of non crypto natives and give people their first kind of gateway into web three as a, as a whole, which, which is what I, what I really like, but G- Gina Pez, you're run on Solana right now. That is, am I right? That's correct. Yes. And, um, are there, are there plans to just stay, stay specifically on Solana right now, or maybe going, uh, across different chains at any point, or are you just kind of keeping it simple to begin with? So yeah, um, we evaluated many L1s in the beginning, and Solana is what we landed on, and we're, uh, we're still pretty happy with it. So in the in the foreseeable future, we will be staying on um, on Solana. However, we launched our tokens uh, cross chain since the very beginning. Um, so we're also on BSC, and it's uh, we're through through some bridging partners. We could potentially go on Avalanche as well, but um, and we we want to focus on just building the game out. So uh, currently Solana as a chain serves this purpose. Yeah, makes makes a ton of sense. So why don't we why don't we dive into some of the specifics of the gameplay and in-game economy uh, around GDPets because I've been diving through the docs. I I purchased a couple of the different habitats early on. I know you're still in the process of launching the the game itself, but just to kind of learn a little bit more. And what I what struck me personally was how many layers to the the game there were, all the different elements involved, whether that be the genopets, the habitats, there seems to be a really strong crafting element, which I, I really, really enjoy. And it seems like you're leaning very heavily into the the gaming side of things. And it feels like then the uh the activity is very complementary to this, but not the sole purpose of the game itself. So I'd, I'd love it if you could just maybe talk me through some of the kind of key elements within the game and the the purpose that they serve. So things like habitats and the genopets, things like that. Yeah, um, and you know, I would I would clarify that that idea that um, maybe the activity isn't the only thing that uh, that's available within the game. I think the acti- the physical activity is still central to to enjoying the game because as and you know we can go into this in more detail uh, as we speak. But if you don't move, you won't be able to play our game. And 
if you want to fully enjoy our game, you will have to move because that is what ultimately powers the ability to enjoy any of our gameplay features, whether it's earning or crafting or any of the, uh, any number of things we have planned. Um, but you know, it all revolves around these different elements within the game. Um, the genopets themselves, your digital spirit animal, as, as we've commonly referred to them, um, they are you know procedurally generated NFTs that are a combination of a wide number of possible body parts and head parts and such that are essentially pieced together the moment that you mint and somewhat influenced um, by uh, personality quiz style questions that we ask you uh, prior to or as part of the mint process. Um, so they are truly unique and they're expected to evolve over, you know, 12 stages as you pursue your fitness goals and as you continue to make uh, walking um, a part of your life. Apart from the Geno Pets themselves, we've got the Habitats, as you've mentioned. Um, I'm sure you've seen them around and they're just so gorgeous. Um, you can think of them as your pet's house. Um, it, you know, it's where your Geno Pet lives. But from a game mechanics perspective, the habitat is a lot more than that. It's essential for players who are interested in more than just the fitness aspect of GenoPets. So only by getting a habitat can you start to convert, you know, your steps into more interesting or commercially minded things like the in-game reward token, the key token, as well as the crafting system. Um, and, you know, you can even rent or lease your habitat out for different functions if you like. Um, and then just to wrap up, I guess, the other constituent elements, we've got crystals and terraform seeds, which I would view more as two examples of crafting components within the game. So these will be the building blocks which can be refined and com combined in different ways to produce, um, you know, everything from valuable in-game items such as new habitats, yes, but also, um, you know, in the future, body part augments, uh, pet customization I uh, items, accessories, and so on. Everything you'd need to play the game however you want to play it. And uh, I, I think that, so first of all, your comment around the design of the habitats, that, that was one of the first things that struck me. Uh, clearly, some excellent design work on the, the habitats in particular. I thought they, they were beautiful uh, to, to look at. They, they look really, really great. Um, and then secondly, yeah, I really enjoyed this kind of crafting element. And I think this is what feels certainly on my side from spending so much time speaking with uh, teams that are building Planan ecosystems and, you know, the, these complex elements where players have a reason to collect and craft these other kind of almost like auxiliary NFTs within the game that aren't necessarily just through the lens purely of earning more rewards. Um, I, I really like it. So a lot of the elements right now, it seems like I think so far the, um, the, the, the ones that you mentioned are primarily used for creating new habitats and then uh, how, how do the crystals themselves work? Because I, I, from what I understand, they play a role in uh, how they will change the, the genopad and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the crystals are really the, the base building blocks of you know, the crafting system that we're envisioning, of which the habitats themselves are really just the start. Um, all, all the habitats spawn uh, what are called unrefined crystals. And by the process of refinement, you are able to turn the crystals into um, tokenized building blocks that can be combined 
through various recipes that you know we're we're starting to design and sink our teeth into now that will lead to all of these other items beyond just the habitats themselves. If you really think about you know how we introduced habitats to our community, the whole treasure hunt and everything that led up to that, it was us trying to proactively seed in our community's mind that this is how you can start to build stuff within our game because it's absolutely meant to be a crafting game for people who are interested in playing it that way. We're a gamified fitness app, but the virtual pet care mechanics that we're leveraging here, they, they just synergize extremely well with, um, you know, sandbox crafting genre elements. And, and we want to capitalize on that. So, you know, toys, body parts, augments, accessories, logos, tattoos, you know, we're just, you know, from a dreaming perspective, it seems kind of lim limitless now, but that's the kind of content that makes sense. I think for the pet based fitness game that we're building. Um, but rather than trying to make it like a typical uh, free to play exchange where we're just selling you all of this content, we're trying to put a lot of that crafting and production power in the hands of the, the players themselves who have invested in the habitat. Great. So it seems like it's a <clears throat> bit of a combo between cosmetic improvements and more like utility based um, improvements that you're going to get from from a lot of this. So when it comes to the Genesis habitats and the Genesis Genopets, um, these these have recently ish been uh, been minted. What what are the different attributes features that the Genesis habitats and then separately Genesis Genopets will have from future minted Genopets and habitats? Yeah, a um, couple key differences. I, I think for the Genesis pets themselves, essentially they've gotten a head start. I mean, they they have a bit of a unique look, um, but they will start at level 22 versus everyone else who uh, will have to mint a baby pet um, will begin at level one. I will say some of the Genesis pet holders may still be pretty envious of those who have to start at level one because um, I've seen them. The baby pets are super cute. And <laughs> I think most of us, even with the Genesis pets, will want to go back and, and you know, maybe get a, another one. Um, but yeah, beyond that, they're not meant to be, you know, some sort of uh, eternal advantage for those who, who have them. I think for the Genesis habitats, they do have some um, notable uh you know, economic advantages, if you want to think about it from the, the crafting game perspective, they're able to spawn unrefined crystals like any other habitat, but they're able to do, uh, they're able to spawn crystals of any element. So typically going forward from here, um, your habitat's element will determine the element of the unrefined crystals that it spawns. Genesis habitats have the ability to spawn unrefined crystals of any, of any element. And um, yeah, they, they also just have a very unique look as well. Yeah. Yeah. I thought they looked, they looked really, really great. I think they had like this Genesis symbol on them as well. Things like that on the cosmetic side. What, um, <clears throat> the, I also noticed that there was a cap on the number of habitats that you could actively use, if that's the correct terminology. Um, could you talk to me a little bit about that? I think there was like three that you could use at one time. And is there, is there a similar thing in place for a Genopet? Should, will you just have one Genopet or... Will you have multiple? Like, how, how do you envisage this playing out? Yeah, so the uh, it's more so that you have a primary habitat and then you can connect two more sub-habitats to it if you wish, if you possess, you know, three habitats. Um, 
and that will allow you to maximize things like how much key you can harvest in a day. Um, and in general, you know, you'll have three times the capacity to spawn crystals and, and all of that other stuff. Um, I think from a pet perspective, uh, the comparison we often use is like an MMORPG, like World of Warcraft or MapleStory. You can have multiple uh, alts or, or pets, but you have to, you know, you can only really play with one at a time and uh, you can only have one actively selected, so to speak, at a time. Okay, got it. That makes a lot of sense. And um, looking looking ahead, what what is it? And I'm sure people now listening to, to this episode are, kind of starting to get their head around the different elements involved in, in Junipets and what can be done on the crafting level. What What is going to be the the use of the, the Juniped? What what will you be able to do with your Juniped? Will there be, I think I saw in the light paper that you recently released, which for anyone listening, if you want to hear a little bit more about Junipets, I would really recommend digging into, into that in more detail. But I saw there were like future potential battle modes and things like that that were teased in that uh, light paper. Maybe you could talk to um, the ways that your Genopet, you will interact with it and how it will interact with the wider game environment and maybe PvP at some point in the future. Yeah, so um, the way we think of your Genopet is that this is your uh, digital avatar in our world that we call Esoterra. So uh, coming up next, uh, besides just keeping your pet alive and happy, which is a feature we call nurture. Um, it will involve playing with your pet, feeding your pet, petting your pet. That's 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 the first part of it. And I, I th- uh, we intend for that to be the core ma- uh, game loop um, as, as you walk around, you're earning energy. And with that energy, you have to decide what to do with it, whether to, to, to get more XP or to... Um, play a game with your with your uh, pet to make make it happier and then after that we have quests and pvp quest meaning um that's that's basically pve mode where we will have a world of um a, a world map that you can explore using the energy that you've uh, earned by walking so the initial idea of the energy model is that you're walking your movements and your uh, and your in the real world basically powers uh, progression in the game, and ap- and you get these points that we call energy that you can spend uh, in whatever ways you like in order to progress in whatever ways you like. So it could be PvP, or it could be um, uh, quests, or it could be um, nurture, and all of these come with uh, energy costs and potential um, rewards in in the in power ups or uh, other augments in your pet. Interesting, and I, I, I want to ask a follow-up question actually, a little bit around the 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 activity, the fitness side of things as well, and the uh, walking, etc. <clears throat> Is all of this kind of working more in the background? So, uh, just hooking up to my fitness apps, whether that's through my iPhone or a wearable or something, and tracking my activity through the whole day, or is there going to be more like you're gonna open up the Genopets app and you're going to start your activity and then you have to stop. I, I think about, and, and I'm sure you're probably already hating the the constant uh, mentioning of Steppen in your, your lives right now as this is just exploding in the move to earn. But I think that, you know, where they are doing things in the move and earn space, which is kind of 
very much start an activity, end the activity, and that's that's it. Is this going to be like an ongoing, continuous use of uh, your um, your your kind of movement and activity data? I think that's a great question because I think that's where we differentiate the most from um, other move to earn projects out there. I think the biggest of which is, uh, of course, step in. Um, I think from the very beginning, we've envisioned passive play in the sense that you can walk around, move around, and and uh, just go about your daily lives and come back, bank your steps, and then use those steps to to advance in the game. So that's been our vision since the very beginning. And, and we've, uh, if you uh, download our private beta app right now, you'll see that it'll ask you for uh, permission to track your steps in the background. Uh, right now we're integrated with Apple Health uh, on the iOS side, and then we've implemented our own pedometer tracking um, on the Android side. Uh, in the future, we're thinking about you know integrating with a lot more wearables. So then you can just go about your day uh, and do what you love to do normally, then come back and play the game. Well, that, that's what I'm, I, I find, I think was probably the thing that I found most interesting when I'd first dug into, into the project was this idea of like passive activity. Because I think, yeah, for many of the Move and Earn projects right now, it talks a lot about kind of just increasing your overall activity. But the reality often is that, you know, you can only really do like 15 minutes of activity for most new users across other projects and that's kind of it for the day whereas i like the idea that you know tying in this story of actually people getting fitter using thing uh, like getting more active it is just uh it's taking into account the whole day of activity so i want to talk a little bit more about the energy framework but i want to actually come back to that uh briefly because I, I was digging in a lot into the, the the light paper, which seemed to expand a huge amount on the, the the energy system that you have in place, which I thought was really interesting. But just before we, we we dig into that, I wanted to talk just a very briefly around the token economy within GenoPets. So you um, you have Key and Gene as a dual token economy. I, I believe they are the only two tokens. I could be uh, uh, wrong. Can you just explain what each of the tokens are, are going to be used for, their utility, and how they're going to be used in terms of the, the the play and earn aspects of this game? Sure. Yeah. So Gene is our governance token, um, and Key is our in-game reward token. So uh, the equivalent that uh, I like to point out is you know, Axie Infinity started this whole uh play to earn movement. So Gene is basically our AXS and Key is our SLP. Now, uh, there are a few things different with the way that we're approaching it, mainly that both um, Key and Gene will be used in game. Um, Key is the main utility token in the game where this is what you convert your energy to and Key token is what is necessary to uh, uh, refine crystals that are being spawned on your habitat or uh, renew your habitat after its um, its health has gone down. Um, but Gene is used for higher level crafting. So if, with any power-ups or creating a, a habitat from scratch, so if you can imagine like big ticket uh, crafting items, they'll require both Key and Gene. Now, Key is uh, an, an infinitely minted and burnt token. So whenever you earn it, it's minted. And whenever you use it, it's burnt. Uh, 
with Gina, it's slightly different. Uh, Gina is our governance token. So whatever is spent is uh, sent to the community treasury to be decided by the community governance later on on how to use it. And I assume that Gina is going to be a fixed fixed supply token? Correct. Well? Yes. Gina is a fixed supply token. Got it. At 100 for, million. So, okay, 100 million. Perfect. And um, what I, I guess maybe Gene more to one side, and let's just focus a little bit on key because, uh, you know, I think it's really came to the fore that for every player nan ecosystem, token inflation, especially on the, the the primary reward token, is uh, a big hurdle to 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 tackle. And I'd love to just get your take on how your plan to manage the the token inflation side of things. If there are specific token sinks that you're trying to get into in place ahead of time to make this as sustainable as possible over an extended time horizon. Yeah. So t- love talking about token sinks. I, I think uh, this is one thing that any play to earn or play and earn pro- projects obsess over. Right. And uh, one of the things that we've discovered is that it's important to make the distinction between inflationary sinks and deflationary sinks. What what I mean by that is not all sinks are made the same. Some sinks are temporary sinks because it creates some kind of utility that allow people to earn more later. So an example of that is uh, creating a habitat is actually a, an inflationary sink because meanwhile, while, while it's uh, taking some key off the table and burning them, a habitat will be producing more key in the future. So this is how this is the framework with which we are using to design uh, a lot of this uh, token economy, and one of the most important part here is to maximize deflationary token sinks. And what are those? Deflationary token sinks are things like cosmetics or things that have uh, an emotional effect on the player, uh, but don't actually have any real economic utility. So things like uh, Augments that will do uh, will will change color, for instance, or some. And um, what one of the things that we're talking about doing is chroma crystals, uh, which we will probably release as one of the first um, crafting items that you can do. And chroma crystals is just to change the appearance, um, uh, the color of your Genopet, because that's one of the biggest things, uh, biggest requests that we've gotten since the Genesis Genopets come came out. Um, and, and this is, I, I think this is akin to, uh, people playing, paying a lot of money for skins in, uh, in f- traditional free to play games, because one insight, uh, or one phenomenon, phenomenon that we've noticed is that a lot of players of games tend to take their digital identity, uh, s- more seriously than their physical identity. And because of that are willing to spend money and uh, spend resources to make their digital avatar look as cool and as you know a- as leveled up as possible. And I think honing in on that one psychological fact, we can we can create a lot of token sinks around it. So you're ultimately, it sounds like your your focus here really is to hammer home the the gamification side of the game get people really invested not just financially but like emotionally in and socially into the game itself on the the premise that people are going to care about reinvesting into the game 
from a non-inflationary uh, perspective and having like cosmetic changes and things that they actually care about just purely from a gameplay mode versus purely evaluating this as a earning potential um, side of things. Absolutely. And I, and I believe that's the only way for play to earn to achieve any kind of longevity is this type of play. Mm-hmm. I, I, I completely agree with you. And I think we I think for many projects right now, you know, there's, there's still, it's, it's still incredibly early on and, you know, Axie has obviously been a, a pioneer in this space and it, but is also a, a shining example of a projects that's had a lot of challenges with getting handle of inflation, probably also down to the fact that they have just onboarded millions of, of users now into, into the game. But yeah, I, I really like, and I think that's what's interesting when you look at uh, Gino Pets is it really is centered around this identity, the, the, the pet itself and the, like you say, like the nurture mode, things like that, where people are going to want to invest back into the, the pet itself. Um, so I really like that. And <clears throat> Just kind of digging back into some of the mechanics uh, uh, again of the game, I, I'd really like to just get a little bit of a chance to talk about the the energy framework. And um, in particular, I saw in the light paper talk the the team talked about the mechanisms through which you will connect off chain activity, i.e., walking physical activity, with the energy um system that you have in place and you talked about like the banking of steps could you give like a high level overview of i guess in a simplified way of how do my daily steps go from kind of being in my uh uh, being a part of my like daily routine and then get translated into some kind of output or outcome in inside the the geno pets game how's that how's that going to play a role yeah, um, I feel like you did a pretty good job of starting to describe exactly how it works. Um, we needed, and I think Albert touched on this, we needed a medium by which players could claim, essentially, and translate the value of their physical activity into something that directly plugged into the gameplay. So energy is that. It's it's sort of the base currency, quote-unquote, from which um, all of the rest of in-game actions have to be funded. Um, it's very important to note it's not a token. It's not tracked on chain. Essentially, how you you claim energy is when you have walked, um, you know, for the day, or maybe you know you can do it at any point during the day if you'd like. Um, you'll see on your phone, uh, sorry, on your app, how many steps uh, you'll have taken by that point, and then through the act of banking, which is uh, if if you have access to our current private beta, you'll know it's a really fun part of the game every day where you get to hold down the button and really just claim the <laughs> steps that you've walked. Um, through that act of banking, you convert the steps that have been tracked and, and uh, recorded by the fitness tracking app on your phone into energy. And now you have a balance of energy, which you can choose uh, to use in whatever strategic way you see fit as a player. Maybe you want to invest in leveling up the pet because there are certain advantages that come with leveling up. For example, you're able to convert steps into energy more efficiently as you level up uh, the pet and it reaches advanced stages. If you have a habitat, you may want to turn that energy into essentially key, which is a commodity for you know production across the crafting system. It's necessary for um, pretty much all of the earning actions. 
uh, that you know converting energy into key and how much energy you're going to need to really maximize that key har harvesting is going to be a really important strategic decision. Um, and then as battle comes down the line, PVE quests, all of the in-game actions that you typically see, um, you know, players essentially just get to do them for free or they operate off of some digital action point system. All of these actions will ultimately have to be funded by energy, which it, it essentially is the uh, conversion of your physical activity. Great. I, that was a that was a really insightful uh, kind of run through of how how that's all going to work. Yeah, I've been playing around with the 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 beta app, and yeah, it feels like that's like your daily dopamine hit of banking those those steps, <laughs> which is a yeah, it's a really nice little interaction that you have. Um, looking forward to playing around a little bit more. Well. I feel like we've dug in a lot into the the mechanics of the game, how uh, some of the earning side of things going to be working. I, I, I think it's really interesting. I'm sure it's enough for a lot of people to start digging in. But what I wanted to just round us out on, uh, for uh, I'll kind of open this up to both of you really here. What are what are some of the features that you're most excited about launching in the next six to nine months? And uh, and when and when do you plan to go out and actually launch that the app? Is there a uh, outside of the the beta, um, is there a timeline right now that you have published? Yeah, so we are starting. Um, so we're starting phase two of our private beta pretty soon, and then um, after that, we would we would probably be uh, the middle of the summer looking at a public uh, beta launch where you can download it from the app stores directly. So that's the timeline there. Um, as for features that. You know, we're excited about in the next six to nine months. I think a, a, a big one is um, battle. Uh, that's probably like nine months, like nine months there. But I think uh, one of the reasons why that is is because um, the competitive of, of the competitive nature of just humanity in general. I think that's that's what will really drive up uh, demand and 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 use of of the platform. And um, that's that's what I'm most excited about. But we still have. Uh, plenty of features to develop before then so yeah <laughs> yeah no i'm i'm really interested to see how some of the battle side of things plays out i mean i'm 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 actually really excited about the whole move and earn space as a whole i think it's a really interesting and a great entry point as i mentioned earlier to non-crypto native people and getting them some level of exposure to uh the the game space and just blockchain as, as a whole. So I'm really excited to see what you're all building. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to when the, the full App Store launch happens. And I'm sure everyone here is going to be digging into uh, the, the whole ecosystem that you're building out. So Kevin, Albert, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been incredibly insightful and appreciate the time uh, that you're taking. Listen, good luck for the, the, the coming months and weeks of uh, building out GenoPass. Thanks for listening. If you love this episode and want to show your appreciation, why not subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or your favorite podcasting platform and leave us a positive review. You want to catch up on all of the previous episodes? Why not visit decryptingcrypto.xyz, follow us on Twitter at decryptopodcast. And if you'd like to be a guest on the show or just want to leave us some personal feedback, email us at podcast at decryptingcrypto.xyz.
The contents of the Decrypting Crypto podcast should not be used and are not intended as investment advice. Please do your own due diligence before making any investment, cryptocurrency or otherwise.